I don't care how the quality sounds. Your boy Chelsis, uh social podcast. Let's get to this shit, man. So it's about 20, uh, 15-ish minutes after the game passed. Uh, I'm uh, calm down, you know. I, I, I wasn't even mad, necessarily. <laughs> I went to um, I went to go get some curry. Uh, the curry was ass as hell. Uh, well, not really ass as hell. It was cold as hell. Kind of like Ben Simmons shot. Uh, that's a clean-ass segue, wasn't it? Um, yo, I, this is fucking despicable, bro. I'm, like, looking at the stats right now. Uh, shout out to Twitter, by the way. Uh, I'm probably looking at some more tweets and just laugh a little bit. Uh, actually, actually, here's a good one to start off with. Uh, shout out to StatMuse. Probably one of the, I guess, three or five best NBA profiles I've ever followed on Twitter. Um, just, like, has all these, like, wildly overt and and, uh, and, and hidden kind of stats. Well, not hidden, but, like, just low-key-ass stats. I can't find a word I'm looking for right now. But um, just, like, low-key-ass shit you would never think about. And the worst three, let me, let me, I want to get it verbatim. Let me see. Uh, okay. So the worst free up percentage by a player in a single playoff run, minimum 50 attempts, 27.3% by Ben Wallace, a center in 2006, 32.8% by Ben Simmons, this playoffs, a point guard, um, and then 37.3% by DeAndre Jordan in 2016. So the three worst, two of the three are centers that shoot about 50% from the floor. I'll give Ben Simmons this. He did shoot an astonishing two of four, which is 50% from the floor. He gave you an amazing four rebounds, one steal, one block, two assists against nine turnovers, and a stellar plus 7%. I mean, just amazing. He almost had as many plus or negative percentage points as he had points. Because he ended with eight. Went 4-14 from the strike. Did make two straight at one point, and the crowd was jubilant. I believe it helped him retain a, I think, a one-point lead. And then they came back down. He missed two straight. Um, yeah. How do you format this? Like, how, do you just shoot? Do you just, like, say, just, like, pull from the hip and be like, fuck them, fuck them, fuck this, fuck that? Or do you just, like, really actually, like, like really put into a format? Well, well I, I think I've watched... I watched... I think every minute of the first half, and then I would say about 80% of, 85%, 80 to 85% of the second half. We'll say 80%. Um, I missed a couple of minutes when they were like still up by about 20, but it was about when the second unit started coming in. It's like the last few minutes of the first unit, uh, and then the second unit started coming in, and that's really where I think just shit out of bed. So we'll, we'll, we'll format this a little bit. We'll start with Doc because I think that's a, a problem that won't get resolved necessarily in the offseason. It's, it's hard to fire somebody after one season. Anybody who's got fired after one season with a team usually is like just culturally, I think, di- di- diversive, not diversive, um, polarizing. Like culturally polarizing to either a superstar or an established core. And I don't think that Doc's loser ass. I'm not saying this to be. I'm not. A, I'm not trying to be a tough guy. None of that bullshit. But Doc's loser ass. He is a loser. He. Um. I believe it was a stat that said like four of the last five times a Doc Rivers team has been up to one in the series, they've gone to lose. That's four out of five times. That's with, um, the Los Angeles Clippers that had Kawhi Leonard, 
uh, and, and Paul George and were the title favorites in the beginning of the season or before the season. Um, that would be with the Los Angeles Clippers that, you know, I don't know the last, I guess the last thing we would have done that would have been with the, um, with the Chris Paul and Blake Griffin team when that was still a core. Uh, he had maybe the worst season loss of all time. Uh, up, I think 3-1 against Houston. Harden sits out, or I think he might have been injured or something like that. And then Josh went to Corey Brewer and scored like fucking third in the fourth quarter. Arguably the worst loss of all time. But this, this is an argument. This is, I think, worse. I, I, I think. I'm not sure. Because that Houston team was very impotent without Harden. They had like Dwight Howard. They had, like, fucking, uh, I think Pablo Prigioni or some shit like that. Like, some white-ass point guard. It doesn't be only white, but, like, I'm not talking, like, a Luka Doncic one. I'm talking, like, try to fuck your wife if she, like, kicks you out of bed type of wife. Um, this team had Trey Young, who did not look great for the majority of the game, but came on when it mattered. Oh, I mean, the thing about Trey Young, dude, one of the worst defenders of all time, a guy who looks like a fucking naked mole rat. If you cut the little spectacles of speckles of hair he had left in his fucking head. And this motherfucker just keeps on pushing. He never fucking stops. 19 free throws. Made Diable look stupid in multiple instances. Just that, that as they put a speed dribble past Simmons. That shit happened often. After a miss. After a made bucket. I mean, this dude just has a fucking engine, dude. 10 to 23. Uh, was a key cog once again, made seven um, assists. I mean, that strategy worked better, in my opinion, today than it did last game, and it still didn't fucking matter. He still got 39 fucking points. It's like, who gives a shit if he, you know, does a foul-baiting shit? I mean, I, I I give a shit. It fucking looks horrible, but, I mean, it works. I mean, it's, it didn't... It works much last game. It seemed like last game, I said this last episode, they made, like, a instant difference in how some of those um, flopping shit was called. I would say for Embiid, while it kind of did lead back a little bit to the mean, he did get 13 free throws up. It definitely felt like a lot of the times towards the end of the game where it was close, they kind of swallowed their whistles again. Like, I, I mean, I just don't think that you should have to depend on that shit. I mean, I think Joel was just fucking tired. What is 39 minutes? 39 minutes looked distinctly worse after taking that hard uh, fall after trying to go for that dunk. I, I said at the moment, it's just a dumb as fuck, dude. You can't do that shit. Uh, at that moment, it was like 13 points. You just cannot do that shit. And again, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying this to say it, dude. I mean, fucking, there's no counterpunch when it comes to taking Joel off the court. I understand you have to have your best players out there. I get that shit. But you have a guy who's normally injury prone, who takes some dumbass plays. He doesn't know how to stop himself from taking some of those dumbass plays. He's like a fucking meniscus. Like, hold on, like a fucking uh, spaghetti noodle, dude. D- Dwight only plays nine minutes. He didn't finish negative 14 plus or minus. But I mean, like, it doesn't even, like, I, I know the second unit is fucking terrible. Just don't play the entire second unit. Like, just stagger fucking Dwight with, like, fucking Seth or fucking <laughs> Why does George Hill not work as a point guard, dude? Plays 13 minutes, gets zero assists. I don't understand why he doesn't work as, like, an actual, like, point guard. Like, he he had one assist. He doesn't fucking, like, like, he was a legitimate, like, top four player on Milwaukee's team last year. He's not necessarily, like, dumb. He's decent. He's solid on defense, too. 
he's just so fucking like impotent offensively now. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. He gets shots that he made. I guess you make a lot. Shots are like a lot easier to come by when you're playing with fucking Giannis Antetokounmpo and fucking um, Chris Middleton versus fucking Ben Spedens and fucking Tobias Harris. All right, so that's the next head. I, I don't even really get shit on Doc Rivers. I, I don't even know what I can say at this point. Doc Rivers is an embarrassment to fucking basketball, especially playoff basketball. Tobias Harris, who I was telling motherfuckers, I was telling motherfuckers last game, Tobias like a, he like, like his fucking dogs got shot in front of him. And I don't mean his shot. I mean fucking lit up like a fucking Tarantino movie. This dude was fucking frigid last game. I think he finished like pretty much a comparable sense today. But 2 of 11, 0 of 3, Zero free throws, only four rebounds, and then a four plus four personal fouls, four points, a negative ten plus a minus. This guy got what like a hundred and fucking like forty million, some shit like that, something fucking great. There's three hundred fifty million dedicated to Benson and Tobias Harris for the next like four seasons, four or five seasons. I think it's just a total contract amount, but I think for like. There's still like a good 300 million between those two for the next four seasons, including this season. That's fucking insane to think about. Tobias has consistently shown he's a fucking horrendous postseason performer. You can say it was Brett Brown before, whatever. Okay, but this dude's a fucking fourth option behind Jimmy Butler, who had one of the best finals runs ever as a lead ball handler. Ben Simmons, who was. I think Ben Simmons has regressed since his first two seasons to, to the last two seasons. I I think he, he was he was pussy as hell in that fucking uh, Raptor series, but he was like okay. I don't know. Um, and Joel, who who was getting fucking stalemated by like Aaron Baines and, and Marcus Saul, but I think I think it was just Marcus Saul on that Raptor scene. But I mean, like he saw fourth fucking option, and then they had JJ. He was like the fifth fucking option of that team behind in some games behind JJ Redick. He was bad then. He's bad now. I don't give a fuck what his clutch free throw or clutch shooting percentage is in the fucking regular season when they were playing against teams that weren't even trying, or they were playing against like, the Nets with like fucking half the damn team now, just like Kyrie and like fucking Landry Shamit, or like against like fucking I don't even know who gives a, who gives a fuck. The Bucks were like trying to play like fucking. They were trying to learn to play zone defense. Like they were fucking Syracuse freshmen. Like they didn't give a shit about the regular season. The sense is over I think that's. Hand of God, I think it's the takeaway you should take from this entire season. The Sixers overachieved in every facet in the regular season. They had a guy who missed 22 games, who was an MVP candidate. I would think, in my opinion, the best player in basketball when he was healthy. They had Ben Simmons, who shot, like, I think, I think I heard it on a podcast. 70% either, I think, after the All-Star break or before. I think it was after. 70% from the free throw percentage, or from the free throw line, which is fucking unheard of from Ben Simmons for any stretch of time. That's overachieving. I've never heard it. Tobias Harris like the goddamn all-star. It hasn't happened to him in like fucking four years. Um, and then you had like, you know, at a point in time, Tyrese Mash like maybe a, a rookie of year candidate. Fucking Shake Milton had a early stretch of this season where he looked like a, a six-man-a-year candidate. Dwight looked good. And you get George Hill. People think, oh, hey, George Hill, that's going to be really a worthwhile acquisition. Bucks gave him up like for fucking Obama runs, bro. I mean, fuck, dude. This team overachieving every facet. They fucking Seth before he had COVID looked a goddamn superstar. 
Seth post COVID has looked fucking amazing. I will say, like in place in the playoffs, Seth has looked fucking amazing since he got his legs back. Um, kind of went cold towards the, the the back half of the stretch, but I mean, like this dude was playing fucking thirty eight minutes, had like uh, more of a usage rate than fucking Ben Simmons. If you run off of goddamn screens all offense, and you gotta come back and like defend. Danilo Gallinari has more height than you. Uh, Bog, Bogey, who has more height than you. He had to defend Lou Will, who is Lou Will, who looked like fucking prime Lou Will in the second quarter. I'm or the fourth quarter. I mean, what, what can you do? Like, like you got to select like the fucking who? I don't know. That didn't. That would, that, that I was like a lyric. That's a lyric from JPEG Mafia. But uh, it's also an album from the Who. Um, a good album and lyric. I mean, it's just... Who was talking about Tobias Harris? Tobias Harris is fucking pussy, dude. Um, ben Simmons fucking just... He's getting traded. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I listened to the, um, the, the Sisters Network uh, fucking the gastrointestines blues, their main uh, episode, episodic format. Uh, you know, these, these liberal, nice, new age, you know, Philly fans, which, I mean, I'm not calling out their, like, fandom. I'm just calling out the fucking logic. They love Simmons. I get it. People want to be on the other end of the spectrum and kind of go, you know, fight back against the hate that Simmons get. And then Simmons, Simmons is probably, like, one of the top five most disliked NBA players in terms of, like, just basketball. And he deserves it. He is probably... Now that Wiggins kind of expectations kind of withered away for Wiggins, he's kind of in a, a comfortable spot for him now. I would say Simmons is probably the most underachieving young player in the league. Wiggins is also like I think a couple years older than Simmons now, but at 23, 24, he's gotten a rookie of the year. Well, actually, I don't think he, he did. He did. Did he get it? Yeah, he got it. He got it because Donovan Mitchell had the jacket on or the hoodie. He got a rookie of the year candidate. He led, for the most part, the stretch in the um, back half of the 2017 season that I think got Philly a one seed that season. Either one seed or two seed. Something like that. Um, they were like 13-1, and one, something like that. He roughly like stalemated the Cleveland Cavs and LeBron James in one of the best games I've ever seen that never gets talked about. Um, I mean, Simmons and Shooters, the, the old Carlos Boozer adage, Simmons looked fucking incredible in that system. And he looked pretty good, I think, in that season when the minutes when Joel was out. They looked roughly comparable in terms of statistics when Joel was out than when Joel was in because of how good Simmons and Shooters was. But I'll be goddamn if that shit hasn't gone to hell. Uh, Simmons has looked fucking progressively worse in every facet since, I think, 2018. Um, I mean, the the... What hand am I shooting with from the free throw line? Hasn't gotten better. He can't get that fucking baby hook off anymore. Um, it's dribbled. I I, 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 I mean, comparing like his dribble, like regular season Simmons, like where it's less pressure on the ball, is, is not, is like disingenuous, but like he wasn't a good dribbler against Kawhi or, you know, as a bleed ball handling playoffs back then. He's not now. Uh, he looks worse though, cause I mean, like he's getting pressured by like, you know, like, like fuck, he's not even. Really, I don't think he's getting defended by Trey. I guess like, by, like, uh, who's his lead defender in this series? Actually, that I think about it, I actually don't know who's lead defender is. It's not Trey, cause they put Trey on like, um, like they'll put him on like fucking uh, 
like not 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 i think i put them in fur on some like shit like that or tobias they're like they're like they're usually hot trey off of uh sims i don't know his lead defender but like even when he does get put up against uh trey there was one point in transition where the only thing between him was trey and i think like on the opposite side of the court but like within i guess vision distance was um like john, john collins and shit like that and like he didn't drive in on trail like, he tried to and then like pulled the ball back out or like lost it or some shit like that he's just he's just off with the ball in his hand even the last i mean he has like slippery fuck i'm gonna say he has slippery fucking hands it's like nelson aguilar to shout out to philly fans he has bad hands he the game last uh not last night two game two nights ago proved that he has bad hands for somebody that's six foot ten with fucking massive fucking hands he should have better fucking hands i don't know what the fuck is wrong he can't grab a goddamn basketball to save his goddamn life he's bad the more his fucking hands i don't know what else to say he's not good with it he doesn't like really have too many turnovers of the like the passing it variety but he just has the dumbest ones when he does have a turnover um or he'll like have a shot where he goes up for a layup and like goes like where it looks to be with his wrong hand which is like i said a repeating issue with him and like it'll just like go off the front of the rim or like just hit straight backboard and go like not even touch rim he doesn't have a single spot on the court where he looks comfortable trying to score he gets a situation where he gets us and this is i say this is a big different different my mouth is moving like Simmons's fucking brain right now. Haywire. The biggest difference between him and back then is that when you saw him kind of come off of pin down from the elbow, he ebbs out to the three-point line and gets a running head, like kind of like a, a U, basically, or a check mark. And he gets a running head... Uh, what's the expression? Running head of steam? He gets a running start to the, the rim. He would go to the rim before he was still pussy with free throws but he wasn't like pussy with going to the rim basically but now i mean it's like he he just runs another pin down screen for the guy who for like a a shooter like he'll do that and then he'll post up and then pass it out they run a pin down screen or do a dribble handoff if i say a motherfucker do another dribble handoff when he's like defending against like fucking ben uh uh, trey young or like fucking kevin Witter, dude i swear to god man I, I don't swear to God often. I, that's a lie, but I try not to. His dude is a fucking savant on the court. And I know savant kind of means like someone who's like somewhat able to do shit that he shouldn't be able to do, kind of overachieving. The fact that he still has a starting job on this team, on offense, like if you just make him like play offense, like, like basically a pinch hitter, I think is what it's called. If you like just make him play defense and somehow for offense, but, like, the reverse... I don't know what the reverse of a pinch hitter is. That would be fucking perfect, dude. <laughs> the reverse of a pinch hitter is fucking Ben Simmons. He is... I don't want to use any, like, Reddit... Wall, Wall, Wall Street? Wall Street bars type terminology here. But there's something wrong with his fucking brain, dude. I don't know if it's the shit that was happening with his family earlier. I know there was a direct correlation between, like, a drop-off of production... After that shit got leaked with his sister and all that shit in the family. I'm not here to speak on that, but I know that that shit was pretty heavy. And I heard Simmons didn't take it too well or something like that, as you would expect. But um, I don't know if that has something to do with it or what. But, like, this dude. And then a coddling by Doc Rivers after the the, se- the last series. And then you see him come out and, like, play like, hey, I'm fucking 6'10 and Russell Westbrook is 6'3. 
he hasn't figured that yet. I don't, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know how, I don't, I don't know what it takes for that moment. But I do know that Doc is a, a coddling type of coach. So it's like, there's no way for him to really improve under Doc. And that's what brings me to, uh, I guess, another takeaway. I only got like three takeaways then, I guess. And I said I want to do five, but I don't know if I'm going to do five. The front office, uh, they got to they gotta make some decisions, dude. Tyrese, you need some kind of point guard production from the bench. You got George Hill from pretty much nothing, which, I mean, okay, fine, you know, valuable. They played Shake Milton in the, I guess, wake of a point guard because you sub out Seth Curry. But he is, he has, like, the worst on vision of the team just about. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, like, is not a facilitator. Like, I don't... I've I watched Tyrese Maxey last year. I'm an Auburn fan. He plays in the same conference. Tyrese Maxey is not a facilitator. Tyrese Maxey played horrible against us when Ashton Higgins was on the, the there to sit the fucking uh, table up. So did Emmanuel quickly, but Emmanuel quickly is like at least learned how to be like a semi serviceable facilitator. Tyrese Maxey does not have point guard instincts whatsoever. That's not something he even knows how to do. Um, they don't they don't trust Dwight. I don't know if they have a bench sitter center or not. They don't trust Dwight. Dwight is not somebody that is a functioning five in the playoffs anymore. Uh, the Lakers kind of p- proved that uh, time and time again. But there's just not a position from the core if he's not matched up against, like, Capella. He has no ability to close out on Danilo. We started, like, multiple times, and uh, I believe two games ago now. And he can't really run with Collins either. So he's just not a he's not a playoff center. He may be a regular season center, but he's not a playoff center. Uh, Paul Reed, for whatever reason, not get any minutes whatsoever at the five. Uh, Mike Scott, who shouldn't be on a roster. Even Tolliver, I mean, I feel like Tolliver would at least... Like, you have to buy his hair as, like, being basically impotent on both sides of the court. I don't see why you don't at least try Tolliver. Like, the thing is, I mean, doctors didn't try. Like, it, it kind of to the same effect last season with the Clippers. Doc doesn't really, like try many different things like why why don't we try Tolliver at the four more you know like I mean he, he's old as fuck but I mean he has a wetter he was solid on um the team he was for I think it was the, was it the Timberwolves the team he was he was on before I saw him make a couple of shots he has he still can shoot and that's really what they I mean they went what 13 or 30 which isn't a bad shooting percentage whatsoever but like you're four shooting nothing from the three-point line uh, ben can't shoot. You don't have a backup big who can shoot. I mean, you gotta, I wouldn't say try him. I mean, he'd probably play off the court pretty quickly, but I mean, like, you know, if you're not gonna trade, I mean, I think you really need to try, like, try, like, or I, I'd say by this point, you need to have tried Tolliver or Isaiah Joe. Those are the two names I'm looking at right now. Not Tolliver, but Reed or uh, Isaiah Joe. Um, I, I, I love Isaiah Joe. Again, SEC connection. He played for Arkansas. Him and, and um, him on uh, I think he's on his team. Um, also starts with a J. Uh, also was on that team. I forgot his fucking name. I think it's Jones. Uh, it's like an M, then it's like a Jones. But also was on the team with Isaiah Joe. Uh, those two were great together. I don't know why I can't remember his fucking name right now. I think he both were on this team. I don't know why he didn't get burned. Uh, Ray John Tucker was somebody I wanted on uh Auburn this actual past season. He had a pretty good uh two way game. It's just like all these kind of young guys that never really got burned. Like they they tried with Matsy and he was actually relegated to the bench for a while. It's just I I just I just think that 
that uh that docked itself the whole into like older players, like quote unquote veterans. Like even in the rugby season, I mean like a lot of when I say overachieving, a lot of teams give younger players some kind of burning, like at least see what they got. And if they fuck up, like, you know, Taylor Horde Tucker had a pretty good stretch and you know, he kinda of fucked up and like rode the bench for a while. He kinda of had to come back when uh, LeBron then was fucked up. But that served dividends because I mean Horton Tucker wasn't great, but he was like serviceable as a point guard, had some good moments, uh, especially when AD came back, that game when he shot on the uh, Knicks being one. It's like that's what happens if you like give your guys burn. Like they could maybe give you a good opportunity somewhere down the line. But outside of Maxi, who again sat for quite a while, they kinda of tried to keep him in the fold, but they have no youth in this team to kind of help them. Like, sometimes there's value in having youth. Like, when you look at Atlanta, a lot of value they have, like, their short memory comes because of youth. Like, they just forget shit quickly. A lot of these guys at the same sisters have had a lot of fucking playoff baggage. And they, you can tell they play scared when that baggage, similar situations arise. Tobias Harris plays scared. Joel looked like he had a blank face on for the latter half of the uh, game last night or two nights ago. I came on against last night. And then, you know, tonight, I mean, he was in it engaged, but he just faded away. Uh Simmons is a awful play playoff performer. Seth and Corkmouth are kind of you know still kind of fresh face of this, but they, they do play hard. I'll give them that. They just kinda of, sometimes they get in over their heads. Corkmouth is a fucking plus only two for plus and minus. Holy shit, that statistic is kind of these contests. Dybul, another one who played young and fresh and, and you know, being in a um a home setting, you know, role players kinda get on and Corkmouth came on early. Seth had a great game. Dybul made shots. You can kinda see why the the adage comes from they did look more up to it, but they just have too many guys that have consistently failed in playoffs and look like it. George Hill is a, a playoff um I would say a failure, like, especially post-Spurs uh, stint. Pacers consistently, like, failed to hit their ceiling. Um, he looked... I, the, probably the most scared I've ever seen a player look was him in that 2018 game, one game against the Warriors. He looked the most scared I've ever seen a player look, taking those free throws. And I think he missed... I think he missed both, if I remember correctly. Um, kind of just lived on the Bucks, just existed. All right, so... I'll, I'll I'll give... I already talked about Joel enough. I'm not going to really go into that too much. I think Joel did enough. I think he did enough to win a game. That's all I can say on that. I can understand being mad that he, like, faded away in the fourth quarter. No, I, I'll say this. We've seen it time and time again in every series where, for whatever reason, it's been one elite superstar. We saw it with Dame against the Nuggets. We saw it with LeBron against in the back half against... Uh, the, the the Suns. I, I contextualize LeBron was a little bit hurt, but we saw LeBron looked like mentally, especially. And I guess the system, he, the, the, the defensive scheme he gets playing against, that helped into it too. Jokic against the Suns. Um, Luka against the Clippers, and especially the back half of that series. It is impossible nowadays with how much talent is around the league to win as a solo star. I don't care who you are. You cannot win as a solo star in today's NBA. The Nets got two good games out of, out of Kyrie. And since those two good games, they've... I think the the, the Bucks won... 
They won one post Kyrie. No, they did they. Kyrie, he broke his shit in the midst of. No, they won that game. Yeah, they won the yeah they they won the game where Kyrie actually tore his shit in, in the game. They won that one, and then they were up by like twenty or like sixteen, and and the one just happened last night, and then Katie had forty nine. The problem is, is that sustainable? And then another thing is, you they still were up by like sixteen, like before Katie started looking like fucking uh, an angel, a basketball angel. So I mean, that's what that's what you basically to be like the best score of all time to win in today's game as a as a solo superstar in the playoffs. If you're not the best score of all time, you cannot be expected to win the playoffs. Dolo, especially a series like LeBron, not LeBron. Joel has had pretty much no help for the past like what two or three games. I don't remember Tobias anything special in Game Three either. Today he did have help. But I mean, Seth Curry's a superstar. That that doesn't necessarily invalidate my point. He did have help, but like, it's not a superstar. I think look at the rest of the game. I mean, like it was like one point. I think it was like second half stats that Seth and Joel had like was it thirty? Was it twenty? I think it was twenty or thirty. I think it was thirty. They had thirty combined between them two, like the back half of the fourth quarter, and then everybody else had six. That's still not winning. Like you can't have thirty between two guys and six between the rest of them. That's not a one seed. That's like a fucking Washington Wizard seed. Whatever you want to call that. That's what that is. That's not a fucking one seed. So they got to find... They, point being, front office has to, like, will and deal. I'll, I'll end it on that, man. Matter of fact. The front office has to win. I think the series is done. I, I This is... This is one of those... Like, just like the, what I was talking about. The the um the, the Josh Green... J, Josh Green? Was his name Josh Green? Anyway... Um, the Brewer and, 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 and I guess Josh, I forgot his fucking name. Josh Green, um, Josh Smith, Josh Smith, Josh Smith and, and, uh, and Brewer game that when you lose a game like that, your hopes of winning are like, like done. Like you don't win a, you don't go out like that and expect to win. Hell, I mean, with the, um, speaking of Kevin Durant, the game sits against the, uh, Warriors. I mean, they were like up for a good bit. Of, I know Clay looked like God horse in the back half of that, you know. Forgive me, God, but he looked amazing in the back half of that. But that was a winnable game that, like, KD fucked up uh, like, twice towards his stretch, and Westbrook had a bad turnover. It's hard to remember a game from, like, fucking, like, five years ago, but kind of that's five years ago. But, I mean, you can just tell, like, certain games that just take a soul out of a team. Your home team boos you off the court, and they were booing for, like, a multitude of, like, moments in that fourth quarter. Your home team, home court pretty much was radio silent throughout much of the second half. They were pussy as hell. I mean, do you, I'll say one thing. Philly fans, you kind of, I think, glean that from Eagles fans. Eagles fans are like some of the worst sports fans in the world. But Philly 76ers fans are probably some of the most fickle fans in the entire universe. Like, they're not as bad as Eagles fans by any means. But they just, like, radiate, like, tentativeness. You can't have that if you're trying to be that motherfucker on the block again. It's tough. You know, it really is tough. Um, what the fuck was I talking about? Philly fans, they just kind of disgusted me a little bit. Dude. Can't even. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tobias gives you nothing for two straight games. Ben. 
gives you like two straight free throws and like misses the rest of the rest of the game. Look, just absolutely like frigid at that point. Joel, you know, you can kind of tell when Joel is beat. I mean, that blank still, like I talked about, head down, not even talking to the crowd. You know, he, he tried talking this shit two straight games and it backfired two straight games. If, if Joel can, I mean, Joel is a dude that like literally wears his heart in his sleeve. Like he, that's why him and Jimmy kind of bind so well. If if Joel Embiid can't talk shit and it matter, if he can't really win the emotional aspect of basketball, he's fucked. Like he is fueled by that rage and that that angst and that fucking I gotta I gotta I gotta win the conversation type attitude and he can't do it anymore. He just he tried for the first half of the last game, got hurt. He tried for the first three quarters of this game. I think he got hurt, but also the second unit just kind of fucked up. I don't think Joel has anything else left in him as far as emotional. Maybe he'll still come out and do his thing, but he gave it all on the court in that first half, and it just didn't work out. Um, it's the basketball guys. I think I think the basketball guys shown their hand. For whatever reason, this is not a team that has a core that is meant to win a title. A bat, a, one of the craziest bounces ever in a three-point shot. Simmons, like, breaks his fucking everything before the uh, playoff run last year where they, you know, kind of got a really lucky, I think, matchup with, I think the Celtics had a couple dudes out, or at least a couple dudes limited. Um, 27-2018. How was the, uh, how did they lose? Was that the one they lost in five to, like, the uh, Celtics and Al Horford? I think that would be that one. But that was the was that the one like okay so I don't I don't I don't I don't I don't remember that distinctly but I do remember they like lost in five um I, I think I mean it just is what it is dude I mean uh, you know number one seed till you finally shook your, your demons out finally made Ben and Joel work and then you come here and you're in the same place I mean Joel's here thinking about himself it's like it's like a circle basically you reach the same points you were at from the beginning and you never really moved anywhere. That's it for me, dude. I'm done talking, man. This show is embarrassing. This is a fucking embarrassment on every level. One of the probably the, you know, I'm I'm an Auburn football fan. If you follow college football, you know how cursing that is, <laughs> taxing as well. I've seen multiple playoff contending teams lose because of just asinine injuries or bad play calls or lost to unranked teams as like top four teams. It's a top four team. Um. I've seen everything, dude. This is up there with some of the worst I've seen. I'm not as emotionally attached with this as I am my local sports team, but this is fucking bad, dude. This is one of the worst losses I've ever seen. Like, I mean, objective, fuck the team I root for. This is one of the worst losses I've ever seen in any sport. I mean, this is a, this, in my opinion, this is a core-shattering loss. I can talk about this in another episode that I want, but this is a loss that I think, at minimum, gets Ben Simmons traded. I don't think Maury likes him anyway, at least offensively, I think I think Maury's right in trying to trade him from the jump. I really do. I think that Harden, healthy. I, I always tell people like, I'm not sure exactly how you make the defense work with that because you have to make like a bevy of guys work on defense to kind of take the uh, take the mantle that Ben Simmons leaves behind. But I mean, I'm just looking at this dude. Who gives a fuck about defense at this moment? I mean, they can't get it. You know, outside shots outside of Seth going crazy. And occasionally, Tobias will contribute every once in a while. 
They don't have a ball handler that really scares people going to the rim like that. I mean, Seth does well, but he's not a threat to pass off of it. Uh, they don't have another point guard on the roster. They don't have a guy that can take over outside of Joel. And here's, I don't, I don't want to keep on going, but I think this also shows like the, the limitations of a guy that like doesn't really work outside of the mid-range to close paint area. Like Joel can shoot, but like Joel is not a offensively dynamic player from like 20 feet to like 30 feet out. I mean, that's the one thing I would say that Jokic does have over him on offense, definitively, other than like passing, uh, is that he's just way more dynamic, way more fluid from outside. Joel used to be kind of, but he's not really that anymore. Uh, and I mean, there's value in him doing what he does. So like, if you put him with an elite perimeter player uh, from a scoring perspective, then he's going to get probably some of the best looks that one could get. He's been good passing the double uh, for most of the season. But... It's hard to have a number one option and, like, exclusively, like, this is my superstar type guy if he's uh, not able to really operate the, the uh, perimeter. And that's not really Joel's game. So I would say at least Maury tries to find... I don't think it's going to be possible a superstar for superstar swap. I just don't think Simmons has value like that. But maybe you can get someone close, like a tier three, like a someone, someone in the same, like, tier as, like, a McCollum or a Buddy Heald offensively. Uh, maybe not either one of those two, because no, but maybe you can get one of those two. I, I think the worst thing I can see happening, I think it may be the most likely, because I think Joel kind of, I don't know if Joel puts pressure on the front office to make a superstar trade, but I think somebody does, maybe even the fans. I could see them flip Simmons and also try to flip, you know, Thibel and try to reach for the stars. It's harder for me to see him not doing that because I just think that we're in a superstar chasing world now. I don't know who you can get, perimeter speaking, that like you can just get without flipping one of Thibault. Maybe you flip uh, both uh, Matsy and maybe a Korkmaz. Maybe that's equal kind of uh, viable, maybe it's, it's going to be really tough to make shit work. I, I, I do, I do see Simmons being flipped. I, I don't see him being wearing a superstitious uniform this season. I just don't. Doc, I feel like Doc's going to be the hot seat off a jump. I, I just think that 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 went wrong <laughs> in no, no particular way or other way to put it. I think it went wrong. They got to get at least to me another point guard, regardless of what happened. Like, if they want to get a point guard in a Simmons deal, and so be it. They could get another backup point guard. I think you probably let Dwight walk or try to flip him for another center. I don't think he's a playoff guy. You probably like Mike Scott walk, let Tolliver walk, Reed, Tucker, and Joe are like trade fillers. I think just about like seven guys on this roster could probably like not be here next season. And that's just a stark truth, dude. We're not in offseason mode yet, but that's what it feels like. That's it for me, dude. 40 minutes of shit talking. You know, I'm I'm done, bro.